Welcome back, everybody. It's been quite some time. I think two months. Two full months off. But here we are, back at the Persuasion School podcast. Feels good. Feel rejuvenated. Feel refreshed. Ready to get into it. Took a longer break than I thought I would. But, uh, you know, this podcast is free. So I figured you guys probably wouldn't mind. Um, hey, my name is Jake Savage. If this is your first time here, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, especially after the break, man, thank you guys for listening and for supporting the show. You know what? Logged on to uh, the charts this morning. Saw the Persuasion School is back in the top 200 in US for marketing on the Apple podcast charts, which is pretty cool. We haven't even dropped an episode in eight weeks, but uh, you guys are out there spreading the word, telling people, I appreciate you keeping it alive. All right. So let's, let's keep it moving, moving forward. If this is your first time here, what the heck is persuasion school? Uh, well, to start snapshot, I'm a former door to door salesman. I knocked on about a hundred thousand doors over the course of a few years, then helped launch and scale a sales company with some other amazing people. We hit the inks list of the 500 fastest growing companies a few years in a row while I was the president there. Then uh, a year ago in 2021, I launched my own consulting business, leveraging corporate sales methods to help nonprofit fundraising teams win bigger donations. I've been doing that for the past year. Absolutely love it. Get to use my sales skills to, uh, uh, I guess, align them with my mission, which is, I feel at least, fighting human trafficking, fighting sex trafficking. So I work primarily with anti-trafficking groups. So that's me in a nutshell. And then we have this podcast, Persuasion School, where we teach the masses how to get more of the things that they want in life, utilizing these same principles of persuasion from sales methods, things from psychology, neuroscience, or whatever, things that I'm learning along the way to help you get more of the things that you want. Become a better negotiator, more confident in your everyday conversations, get a raise, get a promotion, get people to go on dates with you, get your kids to listen to you. I just had a question actually come through, I think yesterday from a listener about that. So we'll, we'll get into that on one of these upcoming episodes, but quick update for you guys moving forward here. So we, we've been doing one episode per week uh, for the past year. Sometimes I was doing a little bit more earlier on, but we, we kind of transitioned to one episode a week and now we're transitioning to one episode per month. Moving forward, here in 2022. So we're going to keep it alive. Um, got to make, got to make a couple changes based on some shifts, some shifts that are happening in my life. For one guys, I started a nonprofit. Yep. Started a nonprofit. It's in its early stages. Things are still formulating. I haven't told too many people about it, but I figured I'll let you guys in. You know, you were a part of my journey all last year. So you will be some of the very first to know. The nonprofit is called The Abolition Initiative. I was pretty shocked that that name had not been taken by anybody yet. So pretty stoked on that. The Abolition Initiative uh, focused obviously on ending modern day slavery, sex trafficking, abolition. You got Abolition Initiative. And how things are going to run with this nonprofit is I'm trying to blend in one of my other passions of endurance sports. So we'll have an endurance team called Team AI for Abolition Initiative. And people can choose to sign up for an endurance event, something like an Ironman or even half Ironman or full marathon or half marathon or some type of ultra event. But uh, particularly people that are not endurance athletes. So somebody that wants to undergo like a transformational life experience, they would sign up for an endurance event through 
Team AI, excuse me. Let's let's use a marathon, for example. Or actually half, half Ironman, because that's coming up. So Team AI is uh, establishing a partnership with Ironman Corporation right now. And what we would do is we would have slots at every single race around the country where people that want to, to race that race can do so, but through Team AI, which means we'll provide guidance for fundraising and guidance for training for a full year before the event. Team members have to commit to raising a certain amount, depends on the length of the event. Uh, and then they also get this community of other like-minded people that are on the same mission to fight human trafficking, fight sex trafficking, while undergoing some crazy transformational experience, um, getting into the best shape of your life, becoming your most confident self, all that good stuff, and eventually uh, competing and completing uh, a race of your choice, be it a half marathon all the way up to full Ironman Plus. So in talks with Ironman right now, and our, it's looking like our first team event will be not till 2023, which is great because I want to give people plenty of time to prepare. April of 2023, I'll let you know if this changes. Our first team race would be half Ironman in Oceanside, California. So San Diego, I think uh, North San Diego County. In April of 2023, I'm bringing this up in case you're interested, but that's that's one of the things that I'm going to be focused on. So I'll I'll get to use all this fun endurance stuff to, to bring people along with me, to fundraise, build a team, and then we'll split all of the, the proceeds from those donations across uh, anti-sex trafficking organizations in the U.S. I'll continue my consulting and stuff, but this is just another way to kind of blend what I like to do with a way to, to generate more, more uh, income for the cause. And we've got, I think, like 24 people that have all, a handful of those are like hard commitments and then a few more soft commitments to come out and participate, which is awesome. <laughs> I thought it would be really difficult uh, to, to get people to sign up for a half Ironman. But I think there are a lot of people out there that have that on the bucket list. You know, it's kind of like a, a dream that maybe one day they could do something like that. Well, I pitched it to a handful of people. I'm not even persuading them. Haven't even been using any of the tactics that we go through on the show. And people are all about it, which is great. So maybe that's a persuasion method right there. Just share your vision with people. You never know who will say yes. But anyways, that's the nonprofit that I've started, that I'm working on. And so I'm going to be spending a lot of my time this year uh, creating resources, assets, and an ecosystem that all helps to foster what I'm focused on most, which is uh, consulting anti-sex traveling nonprofits, nonprofits, and uh, building this team to help raise money for that same exact cause. So where does Persuasion School fall into that or align with all of that? Well, we'll keep it going with uh, one episode per month, like I said, and because I have a lot of fun with it. And if you guys have questions, we can keep keep things keep things turning. So if you're interested in Team AI, check it out on Instagram. It's AI Endurance Team, A.I.Endurance Team on Instagram. No website up yet. I'm going to keep it on the DL a little bit. So... That's uh oh, and then I'm gonna, I'm launching another podcast series on endurance. So that way, anybody that signs up for one of these events, they have a year to train, but they'll get access to this podcast. I mean, it'll be open to anybody. And on the podcast, I've already interviewed. I haven't released it yet, but I've already interviewed some amazing pe- people that have run across the country, people that have done 200 mile runs, 100 mile runs, uh, CEOs of endurance brands and psychologists that study uh, elite performance and all types of crazy stuff. So it's going to be awesome. It's called How Far One Can Go. How Far One Can Go. Based off of one of my all-time favorite quotes, which applies to persuasion school. It's a uh, Only those who risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. T.S. Eliot. 
And only those who risk asking their boss for a raise can possibly find out whether or not the raise is possible. Or only those who risk asking that person out on a date can possibly find out if whether or not that person would be interested. So fun stuff. All the updates are out of the way. Let's go ahead and jump into today. Going to be quick, simple, easy, and funny because I've got a clip from Seinfeld. So over the past couple months, Alexa and I, my wife, we have started watching Seinfeld from the very beginning. I had seen like an episode here or there growing up, but I was born in 91 and I think it started around like the 90s. So I was too young to get it and I didn't think it was that funny. Now I absolutely love it. The show is hilarious and Kramer is a character. And so there was one episode we were watching one night over the break where Kramer says, <laughs> I'm going to play the, the clip for you, but Kramer says something I absolutely lost it laughing, but it hit me immediately that this would be perfect for persuasion school. So there was a great and valuable lesson that all of us can take away, especially for fundraising. So I'll share how I'm actually already utilizing this principle in fundraising as an example for those of you that are interested after the clip. So let's go ahead and jump. Oh, let me, let me provide some context just in case you can't get it from the audio because it definitely helps to have the video that apartment complex that Jerry and Kramer live in, the superintendent that runs it is swapping out everybody's shower heads for these super low flow shower heads. And Jerry and Kramer are pissed. So they try to find an underground market with some legitimately powerful shower heads that they can swap out for the, the new low flow ones behind the superintendent's back. All right, it's good stuff. Here's the clip. Enjoy. Hey, the super's in my bathroom changing my shower head. Have they changed your shower yet? No, he's doing mine next. They're low flow, you know. Low flow? Well, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> Jerry! <laughs> Jerry! <laughs> you too, huh? Yeah! These showers are horrible. There's no pressure. I can't get the shampoo out of my hair. Me either! If I don't have a good shower, I am not myself. I feel weak and ineffectual. I'm not Kramer. You? What about me? I got the Tonight Show tonight. I'm gonna have to shower in the dressing room. Oh. Where are you going? Well, I gotta find another shower. Hello, Newman. Hello, Jerry. Well, I may have a solution to our little problem. Elaine, would you excuse us? Oh, come on, Newman. I have a private matter to discuss with my fellow tenants, if you don't mind. Jerry. Look, sister, go get yourself a cup of coffee, all right? <laughs> all right, now here's the lowdown. Through a certain connection, I've been able to locate some black market shower heads. They're all made in the former Yugoslavia. And from what I hear, the Serbs are fanatic about their showers. Sometime this afternoon, behind the market diner, an unmarked van will be waiting. I'm expecting the call at any time. Are you in? I'm down. Jerry. <laughs> I got everything here. I got the Cyclone F-Series, Hyperjet Flow, Stockholm Superstream, you name it. Uh, what do you recommend? Oh, what are you looking for? Power, man. Power. Yeah, like silkwood. That's for radiation. That's right. <laughs> now, what is this? That's the Commando 450. I don't sell that one. What about this? No, that's what we want. It's a Commando 450. Yeah. No, believe me. It's only used in the circus. It's for elephants. It's good. <laughs> we'll pay anything. Hang on. We've got that. What about Jack? He couldn't handle that. He's delicate. 
my favorite part about this is how quick Kramer, Kramer is to cut the guy off and say that the Commando 450 is exactly the one that he wants. He knows nothing about it. He doesn't know how much it costs yet. It just as soon as the guy says, oh, that's the Commando 450, I don't sell that. He says, no, that's the one we want, the Commando 450. Something about the, it. first off, it being rare and clearly exclusive, right? It's unavailable to him, which makes it more attractive. And he said, we'll pay anything. And he grabs Newman's cash and they start counting it up to, to spend whatever the price is going to be that this guy says for the Commando 450. So couple thoughts that came to mind there. One, the exclusivity, like I said, uh, the scarcity, the rarity. I mean, just the fact that it was unavailable to them is what made it desirable in the first place, right? I mean, everyday examples of this are like first edition versions of anything or limited edition versions of anything. It's why people are collecting first edition books, why people are excited to share that they have one of only a handful of limited edition items, whatever it might be, a car or Beanie Babies. I don't know. I think it's the same reason why people wait hours in line to get into an exclusive club, right? Mostly just to be able to say that they went to that club. It's not like that club might be that much better than a regular club. It's usually to say they spent time, they spent their night in one particular club. They would wait hours for it. When, I mean, any, what, you, the, uh, <laughs> okay, seriously tripped over my words there. If they're willing to wait hours in a line to hang out at a club, like clearly if they really cared about just enjoying themselves at a club, they wouldn't have spent hours not doing anything outside. They would have been at some other club. It was just purely the exclusivity factor and uh, that uh, elite status that they coveted that they wanted to share with other people. And that was the same thing there with the Commando 450. And so when it comes to persuading others, especially if we're trying to get people involved in a movement or just selling an idea, you know, if we come across as desperate or as, or as though this idea is available to anybody and everybody, the, the desirability of it goes down in the eyes of our stakeholders, right? Because if they don't participate or if they don't jump on board, it doesn't really matter because it's open to anybody and everybody. But the more exclusive that we can make it, if we can show that it's not available to anybody and everybody, that it's only partially available to people that maybe even meet a certain criteria or a certain threshold, then it becomes far more attractive. Not only is it attractive in the sense that they want to participate, but the value of it starts to increase. It's why it didn't matter what the price was for the Commando 450. As soon as that guy said it's for elephants only in the circus, he was Kramer was willing to pay anything. All right, so one example of how I'm using this principle in fundraising is through uh, one of the groups I work with, I'm helping them build something called a 100% model. And, and this was not my idea. Although the approach for building it, I think um, some of it came from my experience in this world, from using sales experience. But a 100% model for, for nonprofits means that you get a, like a dedicated group of people to cover 100% of your overhead expenses, which means that 100% of all other donations that come through, like from the website, get to go straight towards the mission, right? This is a big thing in the nonprofit world because if you were to go online to some, like whatever big nonprofit that you can think of, you go to their website, you donate 100 bucks, usually like 70 to $80 probably of those $100 are gonna go towards the actual mission, right? Bringing clean water to so-and-so or whatever the case may be. 
and the rest is going to go towards overhead, which is fine. You need to be able to run the, the organization. But there's kind of a bit of a dichotomy there because a lot of donors want to see that the majority of their, their dollar and more of their dollar is going straight towards the mission. So what some nonprofits are doing is you get you get a certain group of people to commit to covering all of the overhead expenses, which means that everybody else, the general population, like if, if you or I were to go onto that nonprofit's website and donate, 100% of our donation, all $100 gets to go straight towards the mission because their overhead is already covered by somebody else. So... I learned about that idea um, from a group called Charity Water. They This may have existed prior to them, but they at least made it popular um, and pioneered it, so to speak. But anyways, one of the groups I work with, I suggested that they build one of these 100% models. And so upon building it out, I started to think about this principle of exclusivity and making something less available to a large group of people to make it more desirable and to increase the value. And so out of the hundreds of donors that they have, the monthly donors, we selected a handful and we sent them a private message. And even in the subject line, this may have been going too far uh, or maybe not because it's obviously been working. But the subject line reads, we're only sending this to a few people. Just to like right off the bat, let them know not everybody is getting this message. And then in that message, we invited them to be a part of a very small group of people who would uh, essentially play a role in this nonprofit in terms of serving on a committee. They would only have to jump on a call once every quarter. But the main point was like they would have to kick in a monthly amount that was indefinite to cover the overhead expenses of this organization. So the stakes are a little high because they're already giving monthly on a a regular basis. We're asking them to give some of them 500% more than what they normally give and to give that indefinitely. Kind of a crazy ask if you think about it, but I think we did a great job of creating a compelling case using exclusivity and letting the people know that this was not available to everybody, that we were looking for strategic partners, people that would also be able to add value to the nonprofit through those quarterly meetings, be able to share their their feedback in addition to obviously contributing financially. And wouldn't you know it, people started saying yes left and right. And this organization uh, raised more than double what they do on an annual basis in just a matter of five, six months, which is pretty dang cool. All right. So that is our episode for this month. The next time that you're up to persuade somebody, whether it is in sales and fundraising or recruiting or maybe something just in your everyday life, think about how you can make your offer less available to everybody, a larger audience, and more Uh, specifically available to the person that you're targeting and maybe a few others. Oh, to that point, I don't know if I said just now, but that uh, that group that we put together for the nonprofit, we put a cap on there saying that 20 people was the maximum that we would allow on that team. So it was clear that it was meant for a small audience. So anyways, food for thought the next time that you're up to persuade somebody. If you have any questions about this, feel free to send them over. Instagram is probably the best place, uh, which is at It's Jake Savage. You can also send me an email, jake at jakesavage.co. And if you have any questions about Team AI, the nonprofit that I'm building in the endurance team, man, reach out. We'd love to chat with you about uh, what it would look like for you to get involved in 2023. We're going to have a handful of races available, but you could probably start with that half Ironman in Oceanside, California. doesn't matter if you've never done one before. Uh, We've had, uh, there, there are a handful of people that have, 
are committed to signing up that have never done anything close, not even ran a half marathon, uh, but they're going to commit to taking a year to train. And it depends on, you know, you as an individual, your abilities, but on average, people can go from the couch to doing a half Ironman in about six months worth of training with about an hour of training a day, six days a week. And maybe one of those days you'd have two hours and it might jump up to three hours towards the very end. So what's that? Five, five times five or one hour. So you got five hours during the week. Then maybe uh, two hours, so it'd be seven hours, like eight hours of training per week at the maximum. You can totally do that. So if you're interested, let me know. Uh, that's at AI Endurance Team or just catch me on Instagram and send me send me a private message about that. All right. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for sticking with me. Let's keep this thing going. Have a fantastic rest of your week and early February, and I'll catch you guys next month. Adios.